Welcome to Doing CX Right, a podcast where we discuss how to differentiate brands by doing customer experience right. I'm your host, Stacey Sherman, an author, award-winning keynote speaker, and mentor passionate to help you humanize business and improve experiences to achieve real results. Today, I am thrilled to bring you Michael Brenner, who's the former vice president of digital marketing at SAP and has been the chief marketing officer of multiple high growth startups. He is a content marketing influencer and expert, has his own agency, helping people like you to deliver great experiences through content, meaningful content that helps your brand grow. He puts customers at the forefront of everything he does. And we dive deep into best practices so that you can really thrive and win in a competitive marketplace. We talk about his two books, The Content Formula and Mean People Suck. Gotta love that title. Please share this episode with others. Leave me a review and subscribe to Doing CX Right on your favorite channels. It means a lot. Now let's get on with the show. Hello, Michael Brenner. Welcome to the Doing CX Right Show. Yeah, hello. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy you're here. Now, not just because we both share something in common that no one probably would ever guess. That's right. And that is Brenner. Brenner as a last name. You still have it. I grew up with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So may- maybe we're cousins. Who knows? Maybe somewhere. But I'll tell you, I um, it is what connected us. And I'm so grateful for that, if nothing more. So I'd like to tap into your expertise, which is around content marketing. First, before we get into that, please tell the audience who you are, what do you do professionally? Sure. Yeah, I think like you, I mean, I've spent most of my career in sales and marketing, 25 years doing corporate or startup uh, sort of gigs. First five years were, were sales and then and then marketing ever since. And um, I've always been passionate about a customer experience. So when you reached out, not only was I excited because of your, your maiden name, but also because of the topic. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm a founder and CEO of Marketing Insider Group. We uh, started the firm in, in 2015, so it's six years in, and really trying to do what I had done in my career, which was bring effective content marketing techniques to companies because it's a little bit counterintuitive, and we can get into that, I think, in a minute. But we've been doing it you know, for, for a few years. We were lucky enough to grow during the pandemic. I think a lot of firms realized that you know, advertising doesn't work so well during a pandemic. Events aren't happening. How do you market a company? Creating helpful, educational, customer experience-focused kind of content can really drive business growth. And so we've been really fortunate to have grown and now have almost three dozen clients. Amazing. Why? Tell me your why you're so passionate around this topic. Yeah, I mean, I've well, you know, from a from a um, a professional perspective. I've always been driven by the desire to want to do something that actually has, I don't know if meaning is the right word or purpose. I know that word's thrown around a lot, but at least impact. And so, you know, starting my career in sales, it was easy. I either made my number or I didn't. And luckily, you know, I did. But when I got into marketing, it got a little weird. You know, like there were lots of marketers doing stuff that didn't necessarily 
deliver an impact that they could measure. And so, you know, I, I, I set out from the very beginning to always try to drive something that a CFO or a CEO could, could appreciate. But I've kind of gone full circle. And so I wrote, you know, I wrote two books. One was about sort of how marketing should deliver return on investment using content. But uh, when, I, when I uncovered the reason why I think a lot of marketers and salespeople even don't is because they don't focus on the customer, because they don't have cultures that are customer-focused, that are empathetic. And so I wrote a book called Mean People Suck. To, it really didn't have anything about marketing, but it focuses on the, you know, I think the, the secret to success in business and probably in life is to have a little empathy and, and concern for the experiences that we're creating for other people. And, and so um, I don't know if that's a, uh, if I answered your question directly, a little long-winded, but, but that's kind of what, you know, gets me out of bed in the morning. I love that. What a great title. Very catchy. So tell me, what's one fun fact that people may not know about you? Oof. Um, well, you know because you asked, but um, I, I love to tell, like, I thought you were going to ask me, what's like, do you have a hobby? I hate that question. Um, because of my, it's not a fun fact, but I have four kids and a dog. And I don't know that uh, that most people know that about me. It's certainly not on my LinkedIn profile, but um, but it is my, you know, they're my life. And, and so I don't have much of a life after that. And I actually use them, you know, sort of gratuitously, when I do public speaking, I use the picture of my children because my oldest daughter actually shares a birthday with LinkedIn. So the founding or the launch of LinkedIn was on the same day that my wife launched my daughter into the world. And um, and and then my other kids sort of line up, not quite to the same day, but pretty equally to Facebook and uh, Snapchat and TikTok. So I sort of, <laughs> I use my kids, you know, the faces of my kids and, and the founding sort of, or launch dates of those social media platforms that we're all using now to tr- demonstrate, I think, to audiences that I, I speak to publicly that, you know, these technologies are relatively new still. You know, my daughter's not old enough to vote, just barely. And, you know, my youngest isn't old enough to cross the street by himself. You know, and they've had a dramatic impact, uh, you know, and change in the world. So anyway, four kids, that's my fun fact. It is. And and the birthday is certainly a, a fun fact too. And you mentioned that no one really knows on LinkedIn, obviously, for kids and such. But I wonder if at a time, same with me, I'm a mom. I don't have that on LinkedIn. I wonder if there'll be a time, and COVID might be changing that because family does appear in our videos. <laughs> it's no it's no shame anymore that, you know, it becomes part of our bio. You know, you raise a good point. Yeah, it's, it's something I'm using more and more. In fact, I have a... Um... I have a newsletter that you'll get a, like a welcome email from me if you sign up for it. And I just changed it to be a lot more, per- I actually mentioned that I have four kids and and I say, you know, kids ask a lot of questions, let me ask you one. And then I pivot into a, you know, business question. But um, I, no one ever replies. I always say, hey, you know, tell me something fun about yourself or ask me anything. No one ever replies. And this morning, I changed it last week. This morning, I got my very first reply. So I do think it, it, you know, being more human, being authentic, you know, sharing those personal details with the world, I think is starting to become a little bit more wearing pajamas on Zoom calls. You know, all of these things are becoming more, more acceptable. 
Yeah, and I love that trend because it means we get to show up more authentically. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I hope this continues. Yeah, me too. So let's get into content marketing. First of all, those words, what does that even mean? Yeah, I mean, if for the people that are not in marketing, I always need to feel like I need to define it. Even for the people that are in marketing, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding. There's um, marketers create content. And so a lot of marketers market with their content. Many marketers and business people misunderstand content marketing to mean creating a piece of content that you promote yourself with. To me, content marketing has always been something really different. And the definition for me is customer-focused content published consistently on your website. So, you know, a tweet or a Facebook post is not content marketing because it's not on your website. It's probably not customer-focused. It's probably an ad or a, a, you know, veiled promotion for a product if you're a a brand. But that's it. So it's customer-focused, consistent, published on a platform that you own your website generally. Blogging for many companies is is sort of what content marketing is. But I, I think a better way to explain it is it's companies acting more like publishers and less like advertisers. You know, creating the news and the content people want, not the advertising that people are interrupted by or annoyed by. And that's a real mind shift in in the way people think about marketing and and the way that people, you know, implement marketing strategy. So is it defined or is a piece of it paid versus unpaid? Is that a differentiator? Yeah, so there's it is. and and in a way, paid can still be a part of content marketing programs. In fact, we do it for a number of our clients, but we do it very differently. It's not an interruption-based technique. It's, hey, let's create a piece of content, test it, and see what works. Let's look at the content that gets like organically shared on social, not because we pushed it out, but because some influential person read it and they shared it with their audience. And once we learn what works and what engages and what resonates, then let's put paid money behind it to reach new people. Not to interrupt them or not because it's promotional, but because it's helpful it's insightful, it's sharing some research or some education that people seem to to want. So we do both, paid and sort of owned or earned um, kind of media. Uh, but it's only based on, you know, those insights, the data that shows us what really works. What's the link to customer experience? Mm, I'm glad you asked. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really have, and I've said this on my blog, I do a prediction post every year, and for the last you know, three or four years, um, I've been saying that customer experience really is the mandate of the chief marketing officer, or, or it should be the new mandate for chief marketing officers. So there's a couple things. One, it's to counter what many marketers think their job is, which is to promote the brand or the product. So what's the counterpoint? The counterpoint is, if we focus on what people actually want, the experience that customers actually want, we would market very differently. And so that's why I think content marketing and customer experience, really, customer experience is the reason we talk about content marketing. It's the reason to do it, to create a better customer experience than, you know, I always love to make fun of websites that have that like sort of hero image of their product on their homepage versus like there's websites like mine or like Microsoft or Accenture. Chase Bank was doing this for a little while where, You'd land on their website instead of Chase Bank saying, get 2% cash back on our new credit card. It said, hey, here's an article on how you should save for your first house if you're a you know, Gen Z. Um, here's an article on 
you know, what uh, you should do to think about saving for retirement. Uh, helpful content that didn't necessarily push their credit cards. They've, they've kind of gone back on it despite the success they saw. Accenture, Microsoft, my website, and many others lead with stories, lead with helpful content, lead with, you know, sort of authenticity that creates a better immediate customer experience for the folks that land there. So I think the two are, are completely, you know, complementary. So it sounds like you're saying to provide value right when they come and hook them in that way than just shove a offer in that moment. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really tired and awful analogy, but it's like when you're at a party and you meet somebody for the first time, I don't say, would you like to buy some content for me? I say, oh, hey, nice to meet you. You know, how are you? I might ask a question. Right, we should do that as companies. We we want to create a better impression with people that we just met, and that's what content marketing can do. Create a better experience with a potential customer. I think that's mm-hmm. what customer experience is. You know, really looking mm-hmm. to drive throughout the, the the entirety of the life cycle of a customer relationship. With content marketing, we're trying to do that in the beginning. Mm. And I'm actually living proof of what you just said because in 2017, I started a blog. I had no idea if anyone would ever read it, but purely it was just sharing my views and perspective based on the experiences I've had. And because of it, that's when people started to follow me and continue to, and that's the evolution of it. But all I was doing was providing value. So it's what you're describing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really just about being helpful. And like you said, you wanted to share your knowledge and experience and not sell a product. And that's why you attracted an audience and, you know, uh, are, are now living the dream, I think, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's absolutely evolved, but but it's demonstrating your point that you really have to crawl, walk, run mm-hmm. and give value and people know right away if you're doing something differently or really pushing an agenda uh, through your content. Now, Keeping customers, attracting them and keeping them. What's your view? What are some of the actionable ways through content to do that? Well, first, I think at least the marketers that I've talked to, the marketing strategy budget sessions I've been in, pay too little attention to customer attention. What's really interesting, and I've just been, you know, sort of, shocked by how powerful content can actually be not just at attracting new new customers but in retaining them to a, a sort of higher lifetime value you know we always talk about we had a couple of customers that we clients we worked with one was a healthcare company one was a nonprofit where we um, we sort of created content for each stage of their life cycle you know acquiring converting and then and then retention and one of the customers was sort of a on a whim said, you know, I, I wonder if the customers that we have that have engaged with our content have spent more or stayed longer. And I actually, one of my case studies on my website talks about this. The nonprofit uh, was the one that asked this question and they found that they, the sort of the donation amounts from their, their customers, if you will, was four times higher from those sort of existing donors that had engaged with their content post the decision that they made. 
And then the healthcare company we, we worked with, we mentioned this and they did the same thing and they found the exact same number, a four times higher. It was more of a retention rate than a, than a revenue number, but um, four times higher amount. And so, it, you know, again, being helpful it, it is a good thing to do from a business perspective, not just early, not just middle, but also post-sale or post-decision. Uh, so it really can drive effect and, and benefit across the entire life cycle. How does content marketing play within companies? In other words, the intranet, the internal communications, is it the same approach? What's your view? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I've been telling CMOs that they need to be more entrenched with HR. And it's really funny. The first time I said that in public to a CMO at an event, I was at a um, a, a software company, had a small CMO gathering, and I was invited to speak and I'll never forget uh, this CMO sitting in front of me. I will not name her. But um, I was saying, you know, CMOs need to really form a relationship, a better relationship with HR, because employees are the future of marketing. And, and this, you know, this one CMO raised her hand and she said, you know, I've, I've got too much to do. Like, I can't, I can't add that to my list. And I was like, you have nothing to do but add this to your list. Because all the things that we're doing today are getting click-through rates are down. Viewability of banner ads are, you know, awful. Like, why does anyone do that? Email open rates are down. Uh, Conversion rates on many marketing activities are down. But when a real employee shares a real story on the internet, it engages with people. And so what we're finding is that non-marketing employees are actually doing a ton of marketing for companies when they're sharing Hey, I was able to bring my puppy to to work today and look how cute he is and look at, you know, how fun this is or, you know, just hey, I'm an engineer and I'm sharing something that's helpful with our audience, but I didn't intend it to be a marketing message, but, you know, our salespeople got leads from it. We're seeing that more and more and more. So, I really think that sort of turning employees into storytellers, getting them to authentically share what they know and 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 some of the fun stuff that they do. You know, the fact that they're real people engages other real people who might want to be customers or employees or investors. So, yeah, so, I, you know, content marketing is not just a marketing activity. Um, you know, creating and sharing content is something that anyone can do inside a company that can really benefit the company. So one of the detriments and the reality of many companies is silos. So what happens, the reality is you have one organization putting out content inconsistently with then other organizations, departments. What's your view on that? How do you change that? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, it's chasing shiny objects. And and uh, I had an executive um, stakeholder at one of my former companies that said, they called it the tyranny of the now you know, we have to kind of push back. We in 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 one of the books I wrote, I, I I call it the pushback. And what I found was a lot of the things that we do that doesn't work, we do because someone asked us to. And I think a lot of us join companies and and we take, you know, directives from our our superiors out of respect. Uh, uh, but oftentimes we say yes to doing things that we know aren't going to work. And and so. I think as as professionals, whatever silo you're in, we need to learn to push back on, you know, Steve Jobs used to say, um, we don't hire smart people so we could tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. And I think we all need to feel empowered in that way 
one of the key things that helps us to do that is that an always-on approach, a consistent approach to doing anything is way more successful than chasing shiny objects and following executive whims. You know, it's, it, the analogy is like, you know, how do you lose 10 pounds? Well, you don't not eat for a week is you die. You know, like you, you, uh, you know, you need to eat a little less for a long period of time and that's how you lose 10 pounds. And it's, you know, whatever analogy, running a marathon or, you know, getting more fit in the gym, whatever, whatever thing we want to do in our personal lives, it, it's more effective when we do a little bit of it every day. And that's true for, I think, the success that we need to think about, whether it's marketing or customer experience or, or sales. I think it's true for all of those silos. Yes. So speaking more of best practices, something that I've learned and want to get your views and, and some additional ones. So I used to run paid advertising, paid search for clients. And what I found, I was studying the best and the worst examples. And the best examples were when the ads said, something convincing and value, you click and you get to the landing page and it matches the content. So there's that consistency in the messaging. It carries over. And when brands don't do that in terms of content consistency, there's a real break and then people abandon. Do you agree? And what are some other best practices? Yeah, no, I I completely agree, and and I I I ran paid search for for companies as well, and and that uh, that research was pretty compelling. Consistency is key, and it's one of the key components of my definition of content marketing. But I think one of the ways where where you know what I'm I think doing for clients and and customer experience come together is I think the single most important uh, best practice for content marketing is that the customer knows better what they want. And the world that we live in, it's true for customer experience, it's true for sure for content marketing. The world that we live in is, it's a digital world. So for us, like I always say, I can tell you what your audience is looking for because I can use things like, like you know Google's paid search tools and, and other tools to tell you what people are searching for when they go to Google. Um, I can use other tools to tell you what content they actually want and that they're engaging with that you're not creating probably, and, and that's kind of the niche we fill. But customers will tell you, and digital the digital world we live in provides all the data and the insights that we need to get those answers. So, you know, I think that's a really important best practice. And, and even, you know, again, this sort of culture of customer centricity, you know, kind of drives that, that point home. The other thing that I think is important with content is to try to be to create a, you know, people always say, should I choose quality over quantity? And the answer is yes. <laughs> you need both. And, and so I always say, try to create as much content as you can that answers customer questions well. And that's really, it's, it's actually a relatively low bar. You don't need to create a doctoral thesis every time you create a piece of content. One example is I do a list post every year on the top marketing conferences to go to. And it usually ranks pretty one. It ranks ranks pretty well, or number one. And it's just a list of conferences that I'm going to. <laughs> you know, it's it's relatively easy to create, but it's driven from my experience and and personal uh, you know objectives, and and it it delivers on an answer. So you know, those are just some tricks that you know identify what people are asking for, 
identify what content they're engaging in and just do your best at answering you know, the questions that people are asking. Yes. And interesting example you mentioned because I do the same thing, customer experience events and more, but I, and I tie it to my newsletter sign up. So I'm getting value from getting their email and to build that relationship and they're getting that list in return. So that's That's another trick for listeners to be able to get lead generation while Mm -hmm. also providing free content. Yeah, exactly. So if I had lots of CEOs and leaders, entrepreneurs in my room right now, What's the key takeaway? What's the most important thing and advice you have for them? Yeah, I mean, mine is, you know, from a marketing perspective and and from their perspective, when I talk to CEOs, their biggest challenge is growth. But those same executives are asking their marketing people to do things that don't necessarily measurably tie to growth. And so my, my call to action, my, you know, my warning, my challenge to CEOs is always, you know, trust your team to, to come up with those ideas, but but make sure your marketing is driving growth. Make sure you've got a culture inside your company that's focused on sort of, you know, delivering on the kinds of experiences that customers want. Uh, make sure that you have a, a, a work environment that employees want to come to because it's those employees, the happy ones, that are going to drive happy experiences for your customers. And that that's true for marketing as well. So, you know, again, that's that's kind of my challenge is you want growth, but don't tell your marketing team that they need to change their logo from blue to yellow because that's not going to necessarily drive growth, um, you know, for 99.9% of, of people. Or, hey, you know, maybe we should be on TikTok because my, my 18-year-old daughter's on TikTok now. Well, you know, it doesn't really drive growth. And and so that's really, I think, the thing is, is this focus on, on delivering the right customer experience, especially through marketing, will drive the growth that executives are looking for. Yeah, and just to add to that, I believe that marketing and customer experience, and as you said, HR, all these departments have to work together to create valuable content in a consistent way. And also ask the customer, do testing with the customer because your value proposition and your content around that might not be meeting their needs unless you really validate it with them. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, in, in the book, Mean People Suck, I propose that companies implement a rule that for everything they do, they ask what's in it for the customer. And, yeah. you know, just imagine how different companies would be if we did that, you know. If we did that for employee policies, if we did that for paid sick leave, if we did that for, you know, who do we hire? If we did that for what marketing programs do we implement or, you know, customer experience initiatives, all of those things would be done, I think, a lot differently if we asked that question. I love that. Excellent. People write that down. (laughs) (laughs) And final question. If you could go back in time to your younger self, 20-year-old self, Mm. Based on what you know now that you didn't know then, what would you tell younger Michael? My gosh. Um, Well, I'm a worrier. (laughs) So I would tell him that it's going to be okay. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now I'm reading a book about sleep. It's called Why Why You Sleep. And uh, it talks about all all the terrible things that happen to our bodies and our minds when we don't get enough sleep. And I lost a lot of sleep 
uh, from the time I was 20. So, um, yeah, that would be it. I mean, I think especially in the world, you know, all the craziness going on and the, you know, the, the sort of fool's games that politicians are playing these days. And I think the the best message I would tell my younger self is it's going to be fine. It'll, it'll be, mm. it'll be all right with the right intentions and, you know, hard work. It, it all, you know, the right stuff happens and, and, uh, you know, maybe a little luck uh, for sure along the way, but but uh, yeah, that's it. Well, that will resonate with a lot of people listening because there's so much to obviously worry about and how do we show up as our best selves, less mm-hmm. anxious and know what we can control and know what we can't and very, very relevant to this time. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Where can people find you? Because I know they're going to want to. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, so the content formula, Mean People Suck, are both available on Amazon. Um, if anybody wants to reach out to me on LinkedIn uh, and connect, um, that's that's usually the place that I, I connect with folks. If they mention this show, um, I'll do this for for your read for your listeners. I'll send a free PDF of the content formula. And the audiobook companion guide for Mean People Suck. So you don't have to go buy it. I'll send it to you for free and you kind of get the gist of both of those. Uh, MarketingInsiderGroup.com and on Twitter at Brenner Michael. Well, thank you so much for this valuable content and the gift of you. And I can't wait for people to hear. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining today. I hope you will apply the lesson shared and also requesting if you would leave a review on Apple, it would mean a lot. Head over to doingcxright.com to learn more ways to connect with me and improve your CX. Until next time, I'm Stacey Sherman, Doing CX Right.